You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. It's good to be here this morning. I was excited to come to church this morning. Um, Before I start the message, we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus again, and I am telling you, I, I cannot get off of this. I can't, I can't stop studying it. I just, I, I'm falling in love with the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I, I was away last week and it was all like I would, I couldn't, I couldn't help but talk about it to everybody that there's just, the, there's power. Like the song says, there's power in the blood of Jesus and knowing that power is so important to us. There's a song that Mercy Culture sings and, and at one of the at the end of the um, song, he said, "It is kingdom priority. The blood of Jesus is kingdom priority, meaning it's it's a priority in the kingdom to know the blood of Jesus, to know the power of the blood of Jesus, and the authority that we have because of the blood of Jesus." And so we're going to talk about that this morning. But before I go there, I I just want to kind of. Um, come on the end of Aaron and just talk about the women's conference just really quickly because I know that the deadline is coming to register and I think it's Tuesday is Tuesday the deadline Joan oh it's today (laughs) okay well you want to register as best as you can (laughs) um we have Eve Bassett who is coming to be our main speaker and Eve Bassett, I I have known for most of my life. And this is going to sound funny to say this, but she's a woman that carries an incredible weight in the kingdom of God. The things that she has walked through, the integrity that she has carried, and the breakthroughs that she has seen in her lifetime are probably second to none that I have known of of someone in the kingdom but then she carries it with such grace and and she's very down to earth um i, I think i've said this before you know we we've seen that um well so a lot of us have seen that movie a jesus revolution uh, where the jesus people just start rushing in and uh, rushing into the kingdom and getting saved and and you saw the baptisms well she was one of the jesus people Uh, She came to know Jesus through that whole time. And so even her stories of that are amazing. She, they, they, they got um, saved. They got spirit filled. And then they just saw these miraculous healings. They would just go knock on people's doors. And because they were so full, they couldn't stop themselves. They would just knock on people's doors and say, can we come in? (laughs) And then they would get them saved. And then it was just this domino effect. And um, then she went on to pastor a church um, with her husband and that's an incredible story in itself she's now pastoring her and her husband I don't know if she'll share this story but it's just also it's an incredible testimony Um, but her her husband ended up walking away for a time and so then she had to step in it was and and pastor the church 
and even the story behind that of, of stepping in in the middle of your own brokenness, but to pastor the church and walk her kids through it. And, um, and then her husband coming back, but they're not together, <laughs> but both serve in the ministry together. It's, it's incredible. It's really incredible testimony of the goodness of God. So she is our um, main speaker, and I just want to say you don't want to miss her. You, you don't want to miss what she has to say. I know I was just with her a couple days ago, and I know she's carrying a word for us, and then she's going to be with us on Sunday as well. So men, if you're like, darn it, I really wanted to be at that women's conference. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. We got you. She's coming on Sunday morning. So, <laughs> so okay. Register today. All right. We're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. And um, the last time that I was here, we talked about the blood sacrifice in the Old Testament and the importance of it and that the Old Testament points to Jesus. It all points to Jesus. And so, um, we read Revelations 12:11 that says, "And they overcame him who, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death." We saw last time I spoke that from the time of Adam and Eve, they sinned, they were separated um, from God, and then sin had entered in, and then they became separated from God, and a curse entered in. From that time on, a blood sacrifice was then needed. We saw from the moment that sin entered in, Adam and Eve's glory lifted, and God so lovingly and in his mercy came and covered them. Um, he covered them with animal skins, which represent the blood sacrifice that they needed to be covered um, with the blood to be accepted. And then we saw how, no, how Noah came out of the ark and he offered a sacrifice and broke the curse. And then there was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all received blessings from the Lord. And when they received the blessing from the Lord, they offered a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. Um, Moses did it as a sign of the covenant. And then we saw how the Israelites put it over their doorposts so that the destroyer had to pass over. We also saw that as soon as the blood sacrifice was offered, that or was put on their blood on their doorposts, excuse me, that the destroyer um, had to pass over and could not come into their um, homes. But also what happened is they were released from slavery. The bondage that they had held, been held in all of those years was suddenly broken because of the blood sacrifice. And then we saw how it was applied to an entire nation. You'll want to go two weeks ago, you'll want to go and, um, Listen to this message because it's important that we get the revelation of this. Uh, the blood was applied to an entire nation and then God came to dwell among them and God declared, make me a sanctuary. And then we ended in Job where we saw how Job um, gave a sacrifice and then a hedge of protection was applied over him. It says, um, and that the enemy recognized that hedge of protection that was around Job and it was over him, over his family, over his possessions, over his business, the work of his hands and over his influence in a city. So the blood of Jesus in the Old Testament in Leviticus 17:11, which is in the Old Testament says this, 
for the life of the body is in its blood. I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. So this was in the Old Testament stating why the blood needed to be done. And then it all comes into the New Testament in Hebrews 9, verse 12. And we read this last time as well. He went once and for all into the holy of holies of heaven, not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves, right? Because that's what had to happen in the Old Testament, by which to make, make reconciliation be, between God and man, but his own blood, Jesus' own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption and everlasting release for us. Which brings us to, to today. The blood of Jesus is everything. There is not one area of your life and one moment of your life that doesn't need the blood of Jesus and not one area of your life where the blood of Jesus hasn't made a way for a flow of life to enter into. So I, I, I am, I'm carrying this understanding that it is time for the church meaning the body of Christ, to step into their authority and understand what it is that we carry. And understanding what it is we carry is because of the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice and what it meant. And so we're going to go through it in the New Testament, but it's important for under, us to understand that as believers, we go through, and I think we can all agree, we go through spiritual attack. Anyone ever been under attack? Okay, it's just me? Okay. Something's wrong. Y'all need to pray. <laughs> Let's look in Revelations 12, verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael, the archangel, and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought, but they were not strong enough and did not prevail. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon, this is Satan, was thrown down the age-old serpent who is called the devil and Satan. He who continually deceives and seduces the entire inhabited world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our believing brothers and sisters, that's us for the accuser of our brethren, has been thrown down at last. He who accuses them and keeps bringing charges of sinful behavior against them before our God day and night. And they overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony, for they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even when faced with death. I'm going to read this scripture verse a lot because it's important that we understand how we overcome. 
So it says in this verse that he is accusing them day and night. So there is going to be spiritual warfare, but it's important that we understand that we overcome. We overcome. It's important we understand that we overcome. But by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony and the word of our testimony is understanding and knowing and saying what the blood of the Lamb has done for us. This is why we're going into this and, and we're going to dig deep into what the blood of the lamb has done. So that when the accuser of the brethren, it says the one that deceives us, tries to come, we can say, no, this is what the blood of the lamb has done. And then it says, so, so we overcome by the blood, by the word of our testimony, and by being obedient to God. Obedience matters. The blood of Jesus means everything to Satan. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And Satan knows what the blood means. Satan knows that he has been defeated because of the blood. He knows that. He is rendered powerless because of the blood. So the only thing that he can do to stop you from overcoming is keep you ignorant and keep you from knowing what the blood has done. Hosea 4 verse 6 says, my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. They are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And I heard this, the word destroyed actually means cut off. They are cut off because of their lack of knowledge. So in other words, the power of it is still there, but because they don't have the knowledge of it, because they don't have an understanding of it, they're cut off from the power of it. So I, I talked about it two weeks ago. I'm talking about it today, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta try and fit all of the points in of what the blood has done, and I couldn't. We're still gonna talk about it the next time I'm here. <laughs> and I think it's important, and I think that's a good thing because I think we need to really cement it in our hearts of what the blood has done, what it purchased, what it meant for us. So here we go, number one. All you people that like points, I am here for you today. Number one, my debt has been paid once and for all. Hebrews 9:28, which we already read, but I'm going to read it for the point purposes. So also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sin of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. It says, he will come again, but the sin has already been paid for. The debt that you owed has already been paid for. Number two, you are justified. 
you are justified. Justification is as though you have never sinned. I heard it said like this, justified, justified, just as if I've never sinned. Romans 5 verse 9 says, Therefore, since we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous, and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, how much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath of God? You have been justified, acquitted, not guilty not guilty and see the enemy would try to come and say you should be ashamed of yourself for this right it says he accuses you day and night he deceives you he tries to come in and this is why it's important that we understand what the blood is because I can I can talk myself out of it as much as I want to. I can fight him with my own well it's not as bad as Marcel <laughs> but the enemy doesn't speak that language. What he understands is, no, enemy, I have been justified by the blood. This is, the, this is what he understands. And so it's important for us to have these things in our heart and in our life because when he comes, because the Bible says he will, I can speak to him the blood of Jesus because he understands what the blood of Jesus means. Okay. You have been forgiven. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. You have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. We have been spared. This is number four. We have been spared. Romans 5, 9. Again, this, read this verse again. Since th therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. You know, I, I was reading this and I was thinking how, how sometimes our brain goes this way. Well, maybe... This is God's punishment because of what, I, what I've done. Maybe I'm going through this because God's trying to teach me a lesson. And we, we can be so rooted, you know, we can be like, yes, I believe this. But then the enemy comes and he begins to talk like this. And then we're like, well, maybe. Maybe this is God's punishment on my life. No enemy, I have been spared. Mm -hmm. By the blood of the Lammas. Hebrews 12, 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant uniting God and man, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of mercy a better and nobler and more gracious, gracious message than the blood of Abel, which cried out for vengeance. It's a, the, the Bible says that Jesus' blood speaks a better word. 
when Abel died, God heard Abel's, Abel's blood called out to him. And it called out to him for vengeance, for revenge. That, that's what the blood was calling out, get revenge. And this, is, this verse is saying that Jesus' blood speaks a better word. It doesn't call out for revenge. It says mercy. That's what it's calling out. Mercy, mercy over them, mercy. So we have been spared. Number five, we are healed by his blood. Isaiah 53 verse four and five says, but in fact, he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we are ignorant, yet we ignorantly assumed that he was stricken, struck down by God and degraded and humil humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. The punishment for me to be well, it fell on him so that I could be well. And by his stripes, his wounds, we are healed. Jesus' sacrifice covered every area of man's existence. He bore spiritual torment for our sins, for our mental distress, for our worry, our cares, our sorrows and fears, as well as our physical pain for our sickness and our disease. The stripes he bore and the blood he shed was for our healing. By his stripes, we are healed. You see in verse four where it says that he bore our griefs, that he carried our sorrows and our pain. That when we have mental torment or when depression tries to land on us, or maybe you're dealing with depression right now, the word of your testimony becomes this. Satan, he bore our griefs. That tormenting spirit, it actually, you can't stay because of the blood of Jesus. I've got the blood of Jesus on me. I declare the blood of Jesus on me. Come on, yes, it's so good. This is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is on me. I'm telling you, I'm just like, Judah and I were driving to Saskatoon last Friday. We were going for a basketball tournament. And uh, this song comes on and I'm like, just getting wrecked in the car and he's sitting beside me and he's like, wow, mommy. And I'm like, whoa, Jesus, whoa. <laughs> and so then I start saying to him, I'm like, the blood of Jesus, like you're not understanding. It's the blood, it's the blood of Jesus. It covers everything. Nothing can land on me. The enemy has to pass over because of the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. Anything that's gotten in me, it has to go because of the blood. 
blood of Jesus. Satan, do you hear this? I am covered in the blood of Jesus. It's the blood. It's the blood. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but I'm telling you, you begin to declare the blood of Jesus. I'm overcoming this. You are overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. It's the price he paid. It's not maybe. It's yes and amen. It's done. I feel like I missed something, but we're going to keep going. Okay. I hope this is getting... I pray, Holy Spirit, I just... Don't let it be my words, Holy Spirit, that this would just be illuminated in them, that they are becoming more than conquerors by your blood, that this word is going forth and igniting a spark in the inside of them, causing them to rise up and step into the authority that you have called your church to step into in Jesus' name. God gave everything he had, everything he had to redeem mankind from the curse. When we receive only part of the sacrifice, it's an insult to him. When we apply the blood of Jesus and receive its power, we need to remember to apply it in its fullness. Don't just apply it and receive it halfway. Accept everything that Jesus' sacrifice provided. In, in 1 Corinthians 11.30, it's talking about the, um, excuse me, in 1 Corinthians 11, it's talking about communion. It's talking about what we, what we call communion, that we... Um, When we do it in remembrance of him, when we drink of the cup, we do it. He says, this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And when we eat of his body, we're doing it in remembrance. But it's not just like, yes, Lord, we remember. It's a declaring. It says that it is declaring the Lord's death until he comes. What you're saying is, hell, listen. The blood of Jesus has paid that's what it's doing. It's, it's not just a remembrance. It is a remembrance, but it's not just that. It's a declaring of what it has done. And in, 11, in, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30, it says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Because it says they're not discerning what the blood of Jesus has done. That it, that it becomes something just habitual that we do instead of understanding the power of what actually took place. Number six, we're cleansed by the blood. First John 
One seven says, but if you really walk in the light, that is live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. He with us and we with him and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. Okay. This is so important because we're cleansed, but it says you're cleansed by it. It's erasing the stain of sin, keeping you cleansed from sin, all of its forms and all of its manifestations. It's saying that sin can leave a stain on your soul. That stain on your soul is what will habitually cause you to sometimes go back into that sin. Anyone ever had habitual sin where you're like, I can't get over this. I keep going back and then I ask for forgiveness and then I go back to it and then I ask for forgiveness and I, I'm, I'm having trouble breaking this. He says, the blood of Jesus actually causes that stain to go away so that you don't keep going back to that sin. So if there's anybody here who's struggling with going back to a sin and you're like, I want this broken over my life, you need to begin to declare the blood of Jesus that cleanses you from that stain. The blood of Jesus on me, the blood of Jesus on me, the blood of Jesus cleanses me from that sin. Come on, this is your right. I don't need to keep going back to that because the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all of the manifestations of that sin. The stain that it left on me, I'm cleansed. Number seven, I have the power to overcome in my mind when he comes to accuse me. I have the power, why? We've read it a million times, Revelations 12, 11, I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Number eight, what time is it? I'm not under the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 27, 6, 26, 27, 26. It says, cursed is he who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, keeping them, taking them to heart as the rule of his life. And all the people shall say amen. He says, anyone that doesn't follow this law is cursed. Follow it in its entirely, you're cursed. But Galatians 3.13 says, Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse that Deuteronomy was talking about. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation. So I'm no longer under condemnation by becoming a curse for us. Cur because it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs, who's crucified on a tree, on a cross. Christ became the curse for us. He became the curse for us. To be cursed is to be removed from the presence of God, to be set outside of the camp, to be cut off from God's benefits. On the cross, 
Jesus was cursed. That is, he represented the Jewish nation of covenant breakers who were exposed to the curse and he took the full measure of that curse on himself. Let the weight of that, all of it on himself. As the Lamb of God, the sin bearer, he was cut off from the presence of God. On the cross, Jesus entered into the experience of forsakenness on our behalf. God turned his back on Jesus and cut him off from all blessing, from all keeping, from all peace. And in his death, Jesus represented every human being. He represented you. He represented me. He took the curse of God on himself so that every believer would be blessed rather than cursed. And then Paul says he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. The blessing given to Abraham that he was credited with righteousness for believing God's promises is now for people of all nations. Jesus became a curse for us all so that our sins could be forgiven. Jesus experienced hell and separation from God so that we would never, ever be separated from God. Jesus became a curse so that we could be redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus became the curse for us so that we could experience the blessing. I'm actually going to read that, and then I have another thought that the Holy Spirit is just saying. So that we could become the blessing. Here's the blessing, Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, obedience is still important, amen? I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you when you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flock, your basket and your kneading trough, they'll be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but will flee in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then the people on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground. In the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. 
You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. The blessing of the Lord. But I can declare the blood of Jesus over everything. The blood of Jesus. Back to Jesus became the curse for us. This is the Holy Spirit was just saying that, you know, there's a lot of witchcraft that's going on and you can see it. It's always been, but you can see it coming up more. It's more blatant. It's more in your face. The curse of witches cannot land on you. And I feel like this is important for me to say this right now because of the blood of Jesus. You declare the blood of Jesus over you. That wherever there's witchcraft going on, no, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus over my life. And, and I just feel like there's somebody who actually has been cursed. You begin to declare the blood of Jesus right now into you, the blood of Jesus covering every part of me, the curse must leave. It must leave because Jesus became the curse already. Jesus already took on the curse. I'm going to read this last verse in Proverbs 26, verse 2. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. Oh, but I'm deserving of that curse. Oh, no, you're not. No, because you've been covered by the blood of Jesus. You've been spared. You've been forgiven. The curse cannot land on you. And so to begin to declare over ourselves, over every situation, the blood of Jesus. There are more things that the blood of Jesus has paid for, has purchased, and we're going to go into it the next time I've come. But, but if you are struggling with habitual sin in your life, I want you to begin this week to begin to declare the blood of Jesus. This blood has washed you clean. There is no stain on you. And the manifestations, like the scripture says, that the, that the stain of sin tries to pull you back has already been cleansed off of you. It's already been cleansed and begin to declare the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask Johnny Beam to come up just as we're closing. Johnny Beam is back there. Um, you know, we were talking, he had, he had a health battle happen a couple of weeks ago that we were all praying over him. But he has a testimony of the blood of Jesus that he, that he wants to share. So
Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here. I am so thankful to be here this morning. And uh, I just want to give a little bit of background. I'll try not to make, take very long. But uh, so April 26th, I, uh, it was time for me to have a physical because my class one license had to be renewed. So I went and I had the physical and everything was great. I had had blood work previous to that. Cholesterol was good, blood pressure's good, no high sugar, nothing. So I am pretty busy, and I just coming out of a busy season on the farm, cows calving and things, and I very rarely say no to anybody that asks me to do something. And so Thursday, I had... Uh, I had to go to Birch Hills and do some business. I came back. A friend of mine's wife had passed. They'd been married for 60 years, and he asked me to come Thursday night. I went to the wake on uh, Sandy Lake Reserve and I got home at 11 o'clock, but I was scheduled to be back the next morning and uh, help out with the funeral. So 9 o'clock, I was back at Sandy Lake and never got home till 6 o'clock went to bed fairly tired I was sleeping as soon as I laid down and uh, this is the 29th of April now everybody's thinking about sports on Central and I was thinking about it too because I had volunteered to bring my truck and and different things so I wake up 4 30 in the morning I go to the bathroom go back to bed lay down and all of a sudden I got a headache like I don't think I've ever had it felt like there was a hot rock in my head and uh, I waited about 10 minutes, and uh, then I thought, I think I'm going to tell Lori, to, my wife, to pray for me. And so she's right beside me in the bed, and I tried to call her name, and I couldn't say anything. Just this noise came out. So then I thought, well, that's not good. And I could still move at this point. I reached up, and I felt my mouth, and it was hanging open. And I was a first responder for 17 years, and I took lots of training, and I knew what a stroke looked like. And I thought, that's not good. And I tried to roll over, and I made a commotion, and Lori woke up and put the light on, and she looked at me, and I couldn't say anything. And she said, this doesn't look good, and I kind of thought that. <laughs> so she, she called the ambulance. And as she's gone out of the room to get the phone, and uh, I'm trying to tell her, well, wait a while, see what happens. Because uh, that's generally kind of a man thing, you know. I, I thought, well, you know, things, you know, things look after themselves. And she called into the room, she said, I'm not listening. And, uh, and I was just making noise. <laughs> so anyway, it progressed worse. I, I couldn't see, and I couldn't speak, and I couldn't move any of my limbs at all. Ambulance came, and uh, I lost track of time. But inside my mind, I was clear. I could hear everything. I, I knew what everybody was saying. And I wanted to hear the name of Jesus. And so I tried to say Jesus, and it wouldn't come out. So inside my mind, I said, Devil, you can't take the name of Jesus from me. And I just started saying it over and over in my mind. And I started to cover my mind with the blood of Jesus. Because, you know, a lot of things that we, that we do and uh, react, how we react, it comes through the mind. 
we say, oh, it was a knee-jerk reaction or uh, a chain reaction and things like that. But it comes through the mind, and uh, what we think is what we do. And so I was going to think, and I was going to use what I had left, and I called on the name of Jesus, and I kept pleading the blood of Jesus. And I covered my brain with the blood of Jesus because I know how strokes operate. And I kept pleading the blood, covering myself with the blood, and, and there was a battle going on. And I thought about Cliff Quiring when uh, he told about his heart attack and how he, that battle that went on, and, and the Lord allowed him to revisit that site, and the trees were tore up, and rocks were through, and the dirt was all stirred up. And I was thinking this, in my mind, there's a battle going on here. And, and I was going to win through the blood of Jesus. I never had any fear at all, and there was this ugly, leering face right over here. And it was saying, at the best, you're facing months of therapy. At the best, you, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to write. You're, you're not going to be able to sing. You're not gonna, and, this, and I just said, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has the final word. The blood of Jesus. And thank you, Lord. And I'm so thankful. I went to University Hospital in Saskatoon. I was in emergency for four days, and they released me. Everything came back, friends. Everything came back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I struggle a bit with, I get tired and, and get a little weak, but I can function. And never, ever take the blood of Jesus for granted. Never, ever think it's just a, a word we're saying. The song that was sung this morning on Christ alone. On Christ alone and his, his work on the cross. You know, the stripes were laid on Jesus before he went to the cross. The crown of thorns was on his head before he went to the cross. There was a lot of things done. The shame, they stripped him naked. The shame he bore before he went to the cross. But when he went to the cross and he shed his blood, it nailed the whole thing down. It was, the, de the, the will was signed. And who is the beneficiary of that will? It's you and I today. All this year since, since December, this word has went through my mind over and over of that we need activation in our life. Knowledge is a wonderful thing. You can have rooms full of knowledge, but if it's not activated in our life, it's not gonna bear fruit. Why do you go to school for 12 years before you graduate? Wouldn't it be much more fun to go one year and be done with the whole thing? It takes 12 years, and then you're just starting in life. Maybe you're going to take more education. Maybe you're going to go in a career. It's just starting because the knowledge has to be activated. Why don't you let a 10-year-old kid drive your sports car down the street? They, they maybe know how to turn the key. They maybe know how to open the door, but they don't have the other things that, are, that have to be built in the experience, the knowledge activated. Every one of us, we read the Word of God. The Word of God, let's begin to believe it for what it is. It is the Word of God. It's not the Word of Megan or me or somebody else. It's the Word of God. And when it's activated in our life, it will bring fruit. Plead the blood of Jesus. The first thing I told my children when they were old enough to understand, if you're ever in a problem and you're ever in a tight spot and maybe you've did something you shouldn't or whatever, Call on the name of Jesus and apply the blood, and he'll bring you through every time. God bless you. For more information about Embassy Church, 
visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.